0: enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with cube from first arkansas bank and trust member fdic
1: chris gordy of sports talk 790 as well as the locked on sec podcast and chris as always man appreciate you joining us how are you doing this afternoon
0: i um, crappy man football's over for like several months so this is gonna suck but how are you guys
1: <laughs> well, doing good. we're doing good because we feel the same way too that it's over but it's one of those things as uh, what's the old adage you know don't be so- sad that it's over just be happy that it happened type of thing and uh, we can at least find some happiness that last night or yesterday afternoon everyone look at it in the super bowl we at least got a really entertaining game where the chiefs ended up coming out on top over the eagles chris you mean
2: you're not looking forward to xfl usfl that's all around the corner it's coming up
0: yeah i'd rather watch vandy's Spring game on repeat than, uh, than watching <laughs> USFL, but uh, no, it, it was it was an amazing Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I think somebody described it as you know it was it was so entertaining and everything we were hoping for, uh, but it ended on a wet fart, and that's kind of what it was with the the penalty called. I get it. Was it a penalty? Yes, but my argument has been they were letting them play all day, and you know they were they were. They were more egregious-looking uh, plays than that one earlier in the game that they didn't call, and so that's why I, I just I, I, it, it bugged me because you basically gave the Chiefs the game there. I, and I understand that's not for the referees to decide; like they're just supposed to call penalties. But I, I just feel like sometimes it has to seep into the back of your mind as a ref, like, okay, this is a third down, this is a huge play here. If they get to stop, they get to stop, and you know, but it, it just, I don't know, it just bugged me because it was like, all right, f- fresh set of downs. Eagles only have two timeouts left. Yeah, they're just going to go, you know, eat clock here, sit on it, kick the field goal, and win it. So I just didn't like that. But other than that, I mean, it was an amazing game. We've had some real clunkers here in recent years in the Super Bowl. So this one lived up to the hype. It was the two best teams, and it played out that way. The Chiefs fell behind big early and obviously came out rolling in the second half. And as good as Jalen Hurts was, he was phenomenal. It just wasn't enough. Uh, They couldn't get the stops. I I thought to me the biggest storyline was, you know, this Eagles defense with all their sack monsters they had, you know, all these guys on the team with double-digit sacks. Guess what? They had zero sacks yesterday. They did not sack Mahomes once. And I think only hit him a total of like five times. So, That, to me, was the difference. Both offenses phenomenal, but the Eagles' defense that was big and bad and feared all season long, they did not show up in the second half of that game yesterday.
2: Something that was detrimental also to the Eagles is they burned a timeout earlier in the uh, second half, and that's something that could have helped them down the stretch as far as having some time left. And then Jarek McKinnon, he makes one of the best plays where he's thinking, he realizes that the Eagles are trying to let him score – now, the Eagles, they probably could have given a better effort by running behind him and maybe trying to push him into the end zone. But once he realized they were trying to let him score, he just drops before he scores. And he may have made the play of the game by doing that and realizing that they would be able to run the clock out at that point.
0: Yeah, the football fan in me hated it because, I look, I had no rooting interest in the game. I didn't care who who won either way. Um but I wanted to see the Eagles get the ball back and have a chance to answer. And, it, look, it was a great heads-out play by, by McKinnon. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And not get not score there, not give them a chance to, to answer. But, again, I, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you're throwing a parade for, for McKinnon and, and his decision. But all the rest of us that were watching that game not really rooting for either team, I I just wanted to see the, the Eagles with a chance to answer. And, of course, they, they didn't with uh and going down, they kicked the field goal. It just, again, like for it being such an exciting game the whole way, for it to end like that, like I said, it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. All right, game's over. See you, everybody.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, going back to that uh, holding call that everybody was up in arms about, uh, you know, it was one of those things to where you know, if you see it in real time, I don't think anybody would have said, oh yeah, they, they missed a for sure hold, but then when you break it down and look at the rules, it looks like it was a hold. Even James Bradbury said it was a hold on him too, so it just seemed like there was uh, a lot of friction there, depending on who you were rooting for in the Super Bowl, as whether or not that was a, a good call or not. But at the end of the day, you know, there there's other opportunities and there are other plays that ended up being a huge difference, too, whether it's the scoop and score, whether it's the punt return. Uh, it just seemed like uh, there were a lot of other things, too, that could have uh, had changed the outcome of the game if it wasn't for just that penalty.
0: Yeah, I thought the refs actually did a pretty damn good job the whole game. Like, every play that went to review – like, in real time, like, there was the Eagles uh, fumble that Bolton returned. Uh, not, not the Jalen Hurts one, obviously, but the other one. And I, I was like, wait, that, that wasn't a catch. Like, in real time, the guy, like, he caught in his hands and then it was popped out immediately. I'm like, that's not a catch. And they went back and they ruled that one. The Goddard one where he had the ball caught at his helmet and, it, you know, it was like, did he get that left foot down before, you know, as he bobbled the catch? And, I'm like, I thought the refs were tremendous all night. Um, but to me, this was a game where we had nine total penalties. It was six on the Eagles, three on the Chiefs. Uh, they let them play all night long, and that's why, that's why that last call just stood out so much because it was like, man, you were letting them play all night long. And again, had you called that, that, that penalty earlier in the game where they were being really physical, okay, but man, to call it right there in that spot. I, I, I compared it, you know, the other night the Rockets lost a game to the Sacramento Kings where they called Eric Gordon, bumped into De'Aaron Fox as he shot a three at the buzzer, and uh, the Kings were down, I think, two. He goes to the free-throw line, shoots all three free-throws, makes them, and they win the game. Uh, that, to me, is like the equivalent of like game on the line. You literally gave them the game by making that call. And I understand, you're the refs. you got to call it like you see it. But it also, just when you make that call, you know what you're doing. You're literally, okay, Kansas City is going to have the opportunity to just win this game right here. I don't know. It's just, it ended on a sour note in my my mind.
2: Something the NFL does a great job with is the fumbles and kind of letting the play play out because all turnovers are reviewed anyway. And I think that's where people kind of get thrown off in that play that you mentioned thinking that that was a fumble. It was another scoop and score, but they did their job the way that they're supposed to do it. They let it play out and they know it's going to be reviewed anyway. And so, if it turns out that it's not a fumble and not a touchdown, they'll get it right on review, but you let it play out just in case there is a chance that that's a fumble and it results in a score.
0: Yeah, unless you're Arkansas football, and then the refs just call it how they want to call it, and uh, Arkansas gets the bitten and make bit time and time again. But I guess that's another topic for another day.
2: Difference between NFL and college refs, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and, and again, I, I like – again, I, I thought the refs did a tremendous job yesterday overall. And I like that, that they're trying to, to move this thing to get it right. But the NFL, Roger Goodell, they, they still – I mean, they're so tone deaf on this thing. They need to continue toward making refs full-time. Uh, it should be the only job these guys do. They should spend the entire season working and owning their crap on calling plays right and getting it right. And keeping the you know the eye in the sky, there should be somebody in every in every NFL stadium that is able to jump on a mic with those guys at any point. And go, hey, look, guys, now we we just saw the replay from five different angles, real quick. Uh, you, you got it right. Let's move on. Mike, we need to expedite these things too because it just takes so long um, in review sometimes.
1: So we with Chris Gordy of Sports Talk Seven Ninety and the Locked On SEC Podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry online. So, Chris, I know a question that's been discussed pretty much on every sports talk show, I am sure, is dealing with the Chiefs, and are they a dynasty? Do you consider the Kansas City Chiefs officially a dynasty? Did you already before, or do you need to see more out of them?
0: Yeah, this came up in Houston, um, you know, the, in recent months with the Astros, where they won their their second World Series in, in five years and uh, played for a couple more. Uh, you know, Chiefs kind of similar. This was their second one. They, they played for another one that they lost. Uh, I think three. I it, it just in my mind, my definition of dynasty is got to have three in you know over over a short period of time. So like if you win three in six years, yes, I'd say you're a dynasty. So they're not there yet, but Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has certainly put his name into some elite territory uh, when we talk about quarterbacks. It was funny we were running through the list of you know quarterbacks who have multiple uh, Super Bowl titles and. There seems to be a split. There's like the elite, elite, you know, guys that go into the GOAT category. Tom Brady right there. Uh, Joe Joe Montana's up there. I think Peyton Manning, you put him in there. But on the flip side, you got like Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning. They're great players, but like, I don't think we think of them as like some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think Mahomes is more in that earlier category. I I put him in Tom Brady territory. Now he's still got a lot of work to do. But it does feel like he is entering that category of one of the greatest to ever do it uh, already with the multiple MVPs, the multiple Super Bowl MVPs. uh, Now two rings, can he add to that? It just feels like Mahomes is is entering that territory. And, again, like he's the reason they're winning. Ben Roethlisberger, Terry Bradshaw, like those guys were just – it felt like they were along for the ride with a really special group around them. But, man, does this one add to his legacy even more? You think about it, You lose Tyreek Hill and all these other pieces. They were, they were without Nicole Hardman. They were without Clyde Edward DeLair. And yet all these, you know, it, it didn't matter. He, he, Juju Smith-Schuster and all these just random guys, Marquez valdez Scantling, he was able to get this thing done and win a Super Bowl with those guys. So, to me, that elevates him even more in my mind. And, Let's see, if he has another ring or two before it's all said and done, uh, he'll be up there with one of the greats to ever play.
2: There are some people, Chris, that already have uh, Patrick Mahomes there because of what he's done in the short amount of time that he's done it. They're already wanting to put him ahead of Tom Brady, but that's kind of how it goes where everybody is always wanting to anoint that next great player and put him ahead of so many other greats. Now, Jalen Hurts in that game, for people who haven't, paid much attention to the Eagles throughout the season or maybe they're thinking of the Eagles more of a defensive team or thinking about Jalen as more of that running threat but not really that much of a passer he answered questions about his, his passing ability in that game if you haven't had a chance to watch him all season now he did rush for three touchdowns but he was pretty impressive in what he was able to do passing also
0: no, he was, and he has improved his game tremendously. I mean, we, we forget. He got benched at Bama because he couldn't throw the football. It uh Tua was better. And, um, you know, he went to Oklahoma and, and was able to rekindle a little bit. Lincoln Riley was able to get the most out of him. But even his rookie year in the league, he was a run-first quarterback. You know, he was very effective running, but was not a great passer. He was throwing like 56% completion percentage, I think his rookie year. And he has certainly improved on that these last – years, particularly this year. Now, look, you go get an A.J. Brown uh, to pair with Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, yeah, that's going to help uh, adding to his arsenal and giving him some weapons to play with. But big hat tip to, to Jalen Hurts, what he was able to accomplish, not only this year, but even last night. I mean, he he's not the reason his team lost the Super Bowl. He did everything he could. Granted, the one play, the one mistake he made was a big one, the fumble that, that went the other way for six points. That was huge. But he was able to, you know, with five minutes left, took his team down the field, not only scores, but gets the two-point conversion to tie the game. And, again, it was on the defense to so let the Chiefs go right down the field again and score. The Chiefs score on every possession in the second half. Um, so, again, that wasn't Jalen Hurts' issue. But, you know, it's it's funny. I, I read these things today. They're like, man, what's what's Jalen uh, Hurts' future hold? Man, how many more Super Bowls is he, he going to get back to And all this? And it's just funny when, when I hear these things. is like, man, who's to say, like, he could, that could be the only Super Bowl he ever gets to. Um, but it, but it's still funny. Like, we're always prisoner of the moment. We're always like, oh, well, he's going to get back to another one. Man, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, like, those guys, when they won that those Super Bowls early in their career, it was like, oh, man, they're going to get back. Surely they're going to get back. And, you know, Drew Brees never got back to another one. Aaron Rodgers never won another one. So, um, you know, that very well could be the only one Jalen Hurts ever gets to. We'll see.
1: Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 as well as Locked on SEC Podcast is our guest here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Chris, just looking at next year a little bit, I know that the, the betting odds have already come out. People got the Chiefs looking to be the betting favorite. Is that who you're going to say is the favorite right at this point in time heading into next NFL season or is there another team you feel like should be the favorite?
0: Yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, I know the Bills are, are going to be another one that, that people will be jumping on because of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and that defense and all that. So, uh, I think they'll be right up there. But yeah, when the Chiefs just won the way that they did with, like I said, a bunch of the injuries that they had to some of their talented players, I think it, it speaks more to what they were able to do through the draft this year. With all those DBs that they had playing that were all rookies, uh, when you have Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round Seventh round rookie uh, was outstanding for you in the run game. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard not to say with Mahomes and with that O line and with that defense that they don't have a chance to be right back there. So, yeah, it, it'll be, it's easy to put the Chiefs in there. I don't know. I mean, you know, Burrow and the Bengals, I'd say, will probably be up there, but they're going to, they're losing a bunch of pieces to free agency. So, I would say, like, just looking around the, the league, you would have to say that the, the, the Chiefs are in the best shape in terms of. Uh, free agents and what they're bringing back.
2: Mahomes is a special talent and the blueprint that had been out there for recent years was to have a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on that rookie deal and you're not paying them a lot of money. You're able to invest money into other parts of your roster and build that team around them. Well, the chiefs have shown that they can do it in two different ways, but mostly because of Mahomes and the talent that he is. So that may not be the new blueprint where you can pay your quarterback all this money and still be able to get by. It may just be a deal with the Mahomes because he's done it in two different ways now. So he's shown that he can win with him being the primary guy that's getting all the money for most of the roster, but still just filling in the roster around him. And he continues to make everyone better.
0: Yeah, and what's amazing with Mahomes, he is one of the higher paid quarterbacks in the league, but he's not the highest paid. I mean, he you know when they, when they signed the extension with him. We all were like, "Oh, wow, that's that's a that's a you know big deal," but it still was not like breaking the bank. It still was pretty, you know. We looked at it as, "Man, that's, that's still a pretty good bargain for what Patrick Mahomes brings to the table." Uh, I think Deshaun Watson has messed it up for everybody with the the, the dumbass Browns doing what they did, uh, giving him all that guaranteed money. I think that's where Jalen Hurts' agent is going to say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That's uh, that's where we're going to start with discussions. Uh, my guy needs his extension let's talk 40 44 million a year or something you know crazy and if you're the Eagles you kind of have to pay it I mean this is year three he's going into year four uh, the owner's already come out and said he's open to giving him an extension I think you've talked yourself into a quarter now and you've got to pay make Jalen Hurts one of the best highest paid quarterbacks out there now I had a friend earlier today who said oh man you know look at Dak Prescott look at Russell Wilson all that the difference is Jalen Hurts, as of right now, just played his best football he's ever played. And it's, and again, played phenomenally in the Super Bowl. You know, whereas those other guys, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, coming off a season where he hadn't played his best, got paid uh, the most and, you know, got a big sack contract. Same with Russell Wilson. So, you know, I was still, I was still at least a little bit more confident that Jalen Hurts isn't going to just completely regress and drop out this year. But, that is going to be a big, big topic this offseason. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to have to go to the table and start negotiating the long-term deal with Hurts, and I think he's going to get paid very well.
1: Well, Chris, before I let you get out of here, what would you make of all the other things surrounding the Super Bowl? Halftime show, commercials, event itself, uh, anything that stood out to you or anything that you enjoyed or were annoyed by?
0: I was a little disappointed Rihanna didn't have anybody featured with her, and, and I know people were like, oh, it's Rihanna, they, you know, they asked her, hey, can I perform with you? She was like, no, nah, I'm that good. I don't need anybody with it. That sounds good and all, but that's what makes the freaking halftime show fun. Like a few years ago, Missy Elliott pops out, starts doing some of her songs. You know, last year we had the full variety with 50 Cent and Eminem and all that. Like, you kind of want the variety. And, and Rihanna was good, don't get me wrong, but, like, when she starts performing Run This Town Tonight, and Jay-Z's literally in the building. Like, somebody go hand that man a bike and let him do his first on that song. Like, it just didn't make any sense why she would have at least one cameo. But outside of that, it was an entertaining halftime show. I just, I think that's what makes the, the halftime show fun is, like, who's going to be the surprise cameo? I had friends who had prop on it. And it didn't pay anything because there were, no, there were no cameo appearances. So that was the only disappointment, I guess, when it came to the halftime show.
1: Yeah, I kind of laughed because uh, when she also broke out all of the lights, I'm like, it's not even your song, and like, there's like five other artists in that song too. That it's like, I get you, I get uh, you do the chorus and everything, but yeah, I think that's what was pretty surprising that uh, there was no uh, cameo appearances. But hey, still a good halftime show, still a really good game itself. I thought the commercials were fine too. So overall, the, uh, the I think the event worked out. I think it went off without a hitch, other than the field conditions. Which uh, seemed to be pretty problematic there with the amount of paint that was up on there in the field, but still, overall, it was a pretty enjoyable experience, Chris. And uh, hey, man, we appreciate you joining us as always. Enjoy the rest of the week, man. And uh, I know football is officially over in your mind, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of things to talk about when it comes to the football world in general moving forward.
0: Oh yeah, man, we got uh, we got spring ball right around the corner, ready to talk about how Arkansas's offense is going to come into the 21st <laughs> century finally, and. Uh, KJ Jefferson's going to be the better man for it. So I'm excited for that in the coming weeks, and I'll talk to you guys about it.